0: This is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment. They're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle of the road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos. And we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is a Monday setting the tone for a whole new week, man. We are officially working our way through December. It's hard to believe that Christmas is right around the corner and the new year of 2024. I know that breaks a lot of people. It breaks my brain with how fast things have gone, but it's coming up whether you're ready for it or not. So welcome into it. This is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations and TV and live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. It's so great to have you with us. You are millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. Hopefully you had a great weekend. It was a great one for me. I tried to put up some Christmas lights. I tried. Our weather here in Kansas said it was supposed to be like 50 degrees and sunny. It turned out to be like 30 degrees and windy and spitting rain. So I was like, I'm not going to get up on my roof and then fall down because I really don't need that in my life right now. So uh, we're supposed to get like 70 degree weather almost by the end of the week. So I think I'll wait one more week until I actually finish up those Christmas decorations outside. Did to get the tree up, though did get the tree up and that was pretty awesome as well man so hopefully you had a great one as well let's carpe diem all over this place we got a lot to talk about today for sure and i don't want to waste any time as we have a great guest to kick off the day and to kick off the week here on this show for a monday what's trending today as we get the latest out of washington dc obviously a lot of things to address with bills that are being worked on right now how to wrap up this year properly And to make sure that we are on track for a proper 2024 at the federal level. Really happy, really honored. Love having him on, especially now. He literally just came out of a meeting in D.C., so he is running all over the place, giving us plenty of time here on the show. My congressman here from the 4th Congressional District in the great state of Kansas. It is Congressman Ron Estes on the line here. Congressman, how are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing well. How are you doing, Andy?
0: Oh, it's I'm doing great. It's so good to chat with you, my friend. Happy post Thanksgiving. And uh, man, you guys are working hard up there right now. It always seems like everybody else you're trying to cram in as much as you can in DC before the end of the year.
1: Yeah, it does. Although this year is going to be different. I mean, we we've uh uh trying to focus on how do we break this cycle of continuously spending more money? Yeah. And uh, you know, typically you'd you'd uh, we'd not get 12 appropriations bills passed on time by the start of the fiscal year on October 1st. And then they'd have some continuing resolution that pays bills for two months or three months and typically backed ourselves up into a Christmas holiday. And then, and then some bloated omnibus bill would get passed to spend everything uh, for the entire year. And, and that's when you get lots of rats and cats and stuff added onto it. And, uh, we're not going to do that this year. We've, uh, we did pass a continuing resolution after after Speaker Johnson was brought into place, uh, but he said he wanted to do something different. So he said we're going to do a continuing resolution. We're going to split the twelve appropriation bills, and we're going to have four of them that will pay for through December or through January nineteenth, and then the other eight will pay for through February second. And so if if we can't come to some agreement on the, those bills by then, then the entire government won't shut down. So you don't have that crisis and that threat on mm-hmm. you. And uh, what Speaker Johnson has said is that, uh, you know, if, if we can't figure out how to do the appropriations in general, then we'll do a continuing resolution. But we'll we'll have significant cuts in the spending and we'll just do the rest of the year spending that way. And so this year's going to be a little bit different and uh, with, which is a
0: good thing. Yeah, I was going to say a different, a good way. It's something that you guys haven't done. I like the two-tiered plan. It was a little bit different, keeping Democrats on their toes. And like you said, if we don't pass them, then we start seeing those numbers go down on how much we actually spend, which incentivizes the other side to really make a deal happen because that puts the power in your court as Republicans, which is a very rare thing that happens in D.C. I think.
1: Well, it it really is, and. and We've got to do things differently. I mean, 2023 was a bad year. I'll tell you this number. I I just got this text right before I called in. Uh, in the last 365 days, the total national debt has increased by 2.4 mm. trillion dollars. That's how much more money has been borrowed. So we we this this past year, 2023, we borrowed more money than we spent on all 12 of the discretionary spending. If you if you add up all of the we spend on defense, all of we spend on agriculture programs, all of them we spend on on health and human services everything that that the federal government uh, appropriates for each year we we've borrowed more money uh, than than we spend on all of those bills so we've we've not only got to talk about discretionary spending but we also got to talk about uh, a, a debt commission we've got to figure out some way to address these automatic spending programs uh, because they're they're consuming so much of the taxpayer dollars and, and we've got to do it in a thoughtful way. But if we don't do it now, I you know, the, the discussions out there that Social Security Trust Fund is going to run out of money and Social Security recipients are going to take a 23 percent cut. And so we, we've got to be responsible and step up and do the right thing.
0: Yeah, amen to that. There's so many directions I want to go with this, because number one, when you talk about the appropriation bills, it is encouraging that we've got, I think, I believe eight of them completed. And the ones that I've seen look like we've actually done some substantial cuts within those appropriations for the departments that they actually relate to, which is good news. So we're on the right track there. But you're right. When we look at the difference between discretionary and mandatory spending the mandatory that you guys don't touch is still close to 60% of our federal budgets. And that's growing so drastically that we can cut all we want to in discretionary, but it's not really addressing the main issues. So we have to kind of approach this in two different levels, don't we?
1: It, we really do. And you're right. That, that was automatic spending actually closer to 70% right now, particularly if you add in interest on the national debt and the interest on the national debt skyrocketed as as we borrowed more money and as interest rates have gone up. So that's that's becoming a bigger and bigger consumer. In fact, it's expected in two years, three years to go to uh, over a trillion dollars a year in interest alone. And just this past year, it's more than defense. It's it's more than uh, uh, every other program except, except a couple of uh, spending programs.
0: Wow, how scary. We're talking with Congressman Ron Estes from right here in the 4th District, my home district here in the state of Kansas. Uh, Let's talk about right now the state of the Republican Party and pushing these last few appropriation bills and what we can do to try and win over the Democrats in the Senate with their majority right now because your your guys' uh, margin continues to narrow with the amount of support that you need because of what's happening with uh, George Santos now being out from the Republican side, Kevin McCarthy even announcing that he might be out by the end of the year as well. So your majority continues to dwindle on the House side. Then we got to get Democrats to support the bills over there, which they don't like cuts. So hopefully this, uh, you know, how we move forward after these uh, this continuing resolution might be able to help uh, get them on board at the end with fears of major cuts. But what uh, politically, what's the game plan to try and unite the Republican Party and to win over the Democrats here?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think one of the things that that's come to fruition right now is you know, when I first came into office six years ago, uh, the the national debt was when when we do polling in the district, it was it was about seventh or eighth in terms of the top concerns that people had. And now this year, it's it's consistently up in the one or two, so people are recognizing that the debts become an issue and that we've got to address it. And and you know if that's happening in in my district, it's happening across the country. That more and more people are are, are realizing the impact and understanding how that how that's going to affect them and affect their kids and affect their grandkids. And so there's there is a, a much more a, much more being weighed in from the, the public and the citizens on all of their elected representatives, whether they're house members or Senate members, that uh, this is an issue out there that has to be worked on. Yeah. And so we're, uh, we're, uh, we're, 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 about to go into that process. I think it's going to be some uh, interesting times because it is going to be a different process instead of the typical, we'll sit in a room and, and throw a bunch of money at, at uh, spending in order to, to, to get enough votes, cobbled together, and and that's not going to happen this time, and and so we're going to have to figure out how do we how do we spend within our means, and unfortunately, uh, it's going to take us several years to get back to where we have a balanced budget because it's taken a lot of we we've gone over a lot of long time of being out of control in this spending, and and so we've got to recognize that it's going to take a while to get back. to to where we need
0: to be. Yeah, it's going to take a long time to do it. You being on the Ways and Means Committee, you kind of get to see that inside scoop on that conversation as well. But from what we're hearing in the media is that Democrats, like you said, they're starting to change their tone at least just a little bit. Because it sounds like they're almost ditching the whole Bidenomics idea that we've grown 13 million jobs, that the economy's all back, everything's great. I mean, we had Joe Biden out there trying to say that turkey was the lowest price it's ever been totally ever on record during Thanksgiving, which we know is not the case at all. But they're starting to recognize that they can't fool citizens when we go to the grocery store and still see prices of food up near 30 percent higher than what they were just before he took office you can try and put lipstick on a pig and try and say that it's all great, but I mean, just common sense and just living in the reality uh, proves otherwise right now. And I think people are starting to catch on to that.
1: It, it really is. And and there's our economy so big, you could pull out a bunch of numbers and you could start to talk about things. I mean, President Biden tried to say that he, he was the president who cut the deficit. Um, and, and you know, as a record setting time, he cut the deficit. The meantime, the debt was going up, uh, uh, every year that he's been the president. And, and so he, he was trying to cherry pick numbers and, and the, the low employment rates that existed before COVID and that we just now got back to after COVID, uh, doesn't address the issue that when you go to fill up your car with gas, Gas prices are almost 50 percent higher than they were when President Biden came into office. Or when you go to the grocery store to buy milk or bread or eggs, uh, that uh, you're seeing 10, 20, 30 percent increases in those prices. And those are the things that that affect everybody on a day to day basis. And uh, to to try to call that Biden a success is is not what the American people see and not what they think about, uh, regardless of what what gets spun out of the White House.
0: No, it's pretty laughable. It's, uh, well, good. I'm glad that we're addressing it. I'm glad that there's a change in tone and we can take uh, take advantage of that change in tone moving forward. we got a couple minutes before we have to take a hard break here, but I want to shift gears for just a moment and let's uh, take it abroad right now with the obvious ongoing uh, conflict with uh, Israel and Hamas. That's going on. And we've heard a lot about how much money we've been sending to Iran with the near $6 billion that we've been funding them, plus some like building oil rigs or pipelines and stuff out there as well. What's the latest in that conversation? Have we been able to actually stall that money from going to Iran because we found that it was being funneled to Hamas with the ongoing battle against our own allies? So we're kind of funding both sides of this conflict right now.
1: You know, it, it's it's sad that this administration, I, I don't know what they're doing, what their thought process is, but it seems like they're just kowtowing to whatever Iran wants. I mean, they they basically gone back and tried to give them this $6 billion that, White House says, "Oh well, it's for humanitarian aid." The, the Ayatollah in Iran says, "We'll use the money for whatever we want to use it for, uh, and, and suits their purposes." So we've passed legislation out of the House. Uh, we've done our job, uh, and the House has has passed a bill to prohibit the, any future uh, movement of that money uh, into into Iran. And uh we're waiting on the Senate to work. I mean that that's like so many other things that the House has passed good legislation, uh passed HR two on border security. Mm-hmm. We've passed funding for Israel to help support them. We've passed uh, legislation to to stop funding Iran and and the the main sponsors of terrorism in the Middle East. And uh, we we need to get the Senate to to address some of these things.
0: Yeah, get them on board here. Let's take a break real quick. It's Congressman Ron Estes from the 4th District in the state of Kansas. My congressman, great friend. We've had him on the show for years, and it's so wonderful to have him on here uh, from D.C. giving us the update. When we come back, I want to talk about H.R. 2 for a minute on what you guys did pass with immigration, with uh, keeping illegals out of public parks and other places as well. We'll do that when we come back here for a Monday here on The Voice of Reason. Stay right here.
2: This is The Voice of Reason, with Andy Hoosier. (music) Fighting for freedom every day.
0: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome into it. 24 minutes past the hour, radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, your political therapist here on the show as we break down the issues of the day. We let you vent and we process your emotions politically each and every day. (laughs) Yeah, Well, to go with that one. That's what we'll go with on the program. Welcome into it. We got a few minutes left with Congressman Ron Estes. He is with the 4th District of the Great State of Kansas. My congressman here, we've been friends for a long time and I always love it appreciate it very very much you give us all the time here on the show uh, with everything that you're doing in DC let's talk about HR2 for a second the illegal issue I know that according to Speaker Johnson he said that this was going to be really outside of the budget, number one priority. On uh, apparently one of his latest interviews, he said that if there were three words of what to focus on, it was immigration, 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 or border, 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 because we need to stop this crazy madness of this flow. We need to stop the crime that's going on. We need to stop the madness in in D.C. right now. And uh, I'm glad you guys have been able to pass H.R. 2. Talk about what was in this bill and why this one was important. Yeah,
1: why it's so important is no one in america can can honestly say with a straight face that our borders are under control and you look at pictures on any news outlet whether it's cnn or msnbc or or fox and, and you see people on trains riding onto the border you see you see uh people walking through the river and then you see the the us border patrol that have been tasked to uh help them Uh, come into the country illegally and in the meantime we're seeing the cartels are making billions of dollars off of this process and that's why we thought it was so important for us that we ought to we ought to do something we ought to protect America. i mean that's one of the core responsibilities of federal government is to, uh, to provide for the defense of the united states and so you know the house we focused on passing a bill called hr2 Um, And it it was intended to help make sure that we provided the right support uh, for our Border Patrol agents, uh, that they could have the resources they needed, but also make sure that the the laws were enforced uh, to actually uh, stop people from crossing the border. You know, when, when President Trump was in office, I mean, the policies that he implemented. Were worked. I mean, they 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 were effective. The the Romanian-Mexico policy said that you know if if you came from a third country and walked through Mexico or rode got a ride through Mexico and uh, you needed to wait in Mexico until your uh, asylum claim was processed uh, instead of being allowed to cross into the United States. And and what that did was it said it told people that well, there's not a free ride. We're not going to come here. So uh, we, they didn't have the big swarm. The, the swarm stopped uh, coming to the border. And so we wanted to focus on making sure that happened. We passed that legislation back in May. Uh, it's been in the Senate now since May 15th, over 200 days. And it's waiting for the Senate to, to take it up. Uh, I'm glad to see that as part of the the funding discussion that they're having about funding the Ukraine, uh, that uh, the Senate is uh, talking about uh, what do we do with our own borders? Uh, there's there's people that you know are supportive of funding Ukraine uh, and and uh, others that are questioning what's what's the purpose? What's the goal there? Uh, but nobody can argue that we shouldn't be defending uh, our borders in the United States.
0: Yeah, well, and I'm glad because we're finally, finally, Republicans are uh starting to play smart, which it's taken us a very long time to get to this point, and starting to use the same games against Democrats as what they use to us. Is hey, if you want Ukrainian funding, which a lot of Republicans are against because of watching, you know, three of one of the top military guys under Zelensky being able to go out and buy multi-million-dollar uh, boats and and cruise ships or whatever else they're doing out there right now with the money that we're sending them. That if you want Want more funding for Ukraine, then guess what? You need to do something for us and you need to pass our bills. If you want funding for X, Y, and Z, you need to pass these appropriations bills and actually get us back on track here. We have to start haggling and strong arming them because they've done it to us for decades and we've always been on the defense here. And it finally it seems like we're on the offense, actually making things happen, which makes me so optimistic going into a new year, Congressman. I love it. So we're out of time, Congressman. Keep up this fight. I love everything you guys are doing. Thank you so much. We got to get you back on the show again soon my friend
1: well that's great i mean we 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 still got fights to go and it's going to be a long process but we're going to we're in it for the long haul
0: in it for the long haul it's congressman ron estes we appreciate it very much my friend lots more coming up stay right here with
1: andy hoosier
2: when reason meets radio This is
0: the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Always a pleasure to have you along for the ride with us today. Really happy to have this next guest on the show. Been a little bit since we've chatted with him as he is busy, busy as always from Washington, D.C. from the first congressional district right here in the state of Kansas. It is Congressman Tracy Mann. Congressman, how are you, my friend?
2: I'm good. Thanks for having me, Andy. Uh, great to be on your show again. Appreciate what you do for the conservative movement across the country.
0: Well, I appreciate what you're doing in D.C. because right now we need it more than ever. We are so close to losing our majority with all the stuff going on in the House. We'll talk about that here all in just a minute. But uh, you guys are battling day in and day out, and we have some major issues to wrap up this year and get into starting off 2024 on a, on a level playing field here. Uh, and there's a lot to get to because right now is the time where you guys are focusing on some bills To actually improve it's and it's more than just the budget, although we'll talk about that more than just the farm bill, although I want to talk about that as well. But uh, you actually have a bill that you've introduced uh, trying to push back a little bit from the ATF, because according to the Biden administration, he says that the Second Amendment is absolute, except for all the clauses that are underneath it, giving you guys the authority to take away gun rights from however they choose to do so.
2: No, that's right. If you recall, Andy, years ago, you and I met on the steps of the Capitol in Topeka at a Second Amendment rally. I don't remember that.
0: Yep, absolutely.
2: You know, this issue is near and dear to both of our hearts. has been for a long time. You know, President Biden and the radical left, like you said, they'd like to do away with our Second Amendment entirely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Since they can't just get rid of the Constitution, they're turning to shutting down our local gun stores. I don't know if you followed this, but under the Biden-led ATF, we've seen a 500% spike in federal firearm licensee revocation. So basically what they're doing is they are yanking the license from small and medium-sized gun stores, you know, the Ma and pa, um, shops, um, where where we are able to get our firearms, and they're doing it. Uh, it's absolutely sick. It's disgusting. One of my constituents um, has been very much impacted by this. He um, unjustly had his license taken away so we're introducing legislation to push back on them
0: how are they taking it away i know that they've tried to go after them before because i mean this is the sneaky way that progressives work is that they won't quote unquote repeal the second amendment they'll just find ways to where yeah the second amendment's there if you can find a gun which they've tried to go after manufacturers now they're going after the gun stores what excuse are they using to try and revoke these licenses
2: Great question. So here's what they're doing. And we did, me and my team, we've done the deep dive uh, on this as we help our constituents. But here's what happened, Andy. June 2021, the Biden administration established a zero tolerance policy for gun store owners who commit quote, willful violations. Now, um, sounds harmless right now, but now they interpret a willful violation to include minor papers, things like if you miss a customer's middle initial or have a abbreviation for a state um, on the form instead of the full name of the state. But you know these these very minor kind of nits and nats grammatical errors, can be classified as a willful violation, and so that's how they're coming after them. It's it's absolutely flat wrong what they're doing, but that's how they're doing it.
0: It seems like right now that gun stores, especially, they can't win either direction. I don't know if you saw the story a couple of weeks ago of out of the state of Washington, Seattle, Washington, where an individual went into a gun store to purchase a handgun, and he said it was for self-defense, but admitted that he was an open supporter and a member of Antifa, which, as you know, especially in the Seattle, Washington area, they are a extremely violent place. And the gun owner, the gun store owner, turned him away and would not give him the application and sell him a firearm because of concerns of what he could potentially do with that gun. And now they're under investigation for discrimination because of saying that uh, he was part of some organization. So uh, if you go along with it, then you're evil because you're giving people guns. If you don't go along with it, then you're discriminatory because you won't let anybody just get a gun.
2: Andy, this is called taking away our Second Amendment rights, whatever they possibly can do it. Have you ever met a gunster owner? who doesn't love America, love mm. the Constitution, and want to see our country thrive and prosper. I mean, these are great people. Yeah. Everyone I've ever met are just fantastic Americans, and uh, and it's a travesty what the ATF is doing to these great people. You know, the ATF used to partner with Gunster Owners, yeah. who, when you think about it, are really America's first line of defense for keeping guns out of the hands of criminals, Amen. Um, but we don't see them and we're seeing them attacked, um, these good people being attacked. It's really it, sad.
0: It is very sad. What can we do about it? You have a bill that you've presented on the House floor. What does this bill entail in protections here?
2: Yeah, so we've done doing a lot of work, this legislation. We're going to introduce it here shortly, but, but it does a handful of things. One, it holds the ATF accountable by creating two categories. Basically, um, these these willful violations, there's a minor category and a major category, Um and so, by having um, a serious violation separate from a minor violation, you know that makes all the sense in the world. Secondly, it helps these small businesses by giving them an appeals process when their licensed, when their license taken away from you know now they have no appeal uh, mechanism, um, which makes no sense. And third, it restores trust between the gun stores and the ATF because it concretely defines what the word willful violation means, um, provides clarity. You know, the less um, subjectivity we can we can um, have and the more clarity we can have from Congress on these issues or matters. So those are the three things that legislation does will go a long ways
1: in helping to fix this
0: problem. This is really good news. I'm honestly surprised, Congressman, that this is an issue that Democrats are trying to attack right now going into an election season, because histor- historically, historically, Every time that a Democrat uses this as a platform during election seasons, their approval ratings tank. I mean, Joe Biden had majorly low approval ratings in the primaries for the presidency. Kamala Harris talked about it and dropped out of the race. Uh, Eric Swalwell used this as a campaign talking point and dropped out of the race. Every time this is their talking point, they don't win because even Democrats and Republicans alike support the Second Amendment, support the right to defend themselves. And the more difficult that they make it every day, that does not help their cause.
2: That's right. And you know why that is, Andy? If because end of the day, this is about freedom, yeah. right? And everybody, Republic, you know, it, it, freedom is alive and well in the hearts and minds of our citizens, as it should be. And everyone intuitively knows when you start restricting gun rights, a uh, load-bearing wall in our Constitution, there's going to be pushback, uh, bipartisan, as there should be. You know, what this bill does is, is it creates an appeals process. So right now, if you're a mom-and-pop gun store owner, and, and the ATF comes in and, uh, and yanks your license, there's no way to appeal that. And uh, this resource some sanity to the process. Uh, we've got to let these good people be able to appeal when they've been wronged
1: by the ATF.
0: Yeah, even to that. We're talking with Congressman Tracy Mann from the 1st District here in the state of Kansas. With this bill, uh, if hopefully it could go through, hopefully you can get some bipartisan support and be able to make it happen out of the House, it's going to be challenging to get this out of the Senate probably for the same reasons that we're trying to protect and, uh, from the ATF. But, uh, Congressman, this just kind of falls right in line, isn't it, of the weaponization of federal agencies against the American people instead of, like you said, when the ATF was originally supposed to be there to help gun stores, help the Second Amendment actually be protected, and now it's been turned against us to try and find the sneaky ways of you didn't dot your I or cross your T. Now we get to shut down your business.
2: That's exactly right, Andy, and, and I'm glad you see it for what it is. I mean, this what we're doing here it's it's one um one of the battles in this bigger war against administration and the radical left they're trying to fundamentally rechange remake our country um so it's it's about F, you know these licenses that are getting unfairly taken from folks it's about the weaponization of the federal government it's about coming after innocent citizens surveillance you know all these things um are all part of a bigger narrative and that's when you have a large federal government you're going to restrict the individual freedom of uh, of God-fearing, freedom-loving Americans. And that's not what our founding fathers intended.
0: Yeah, yeah. Talk about the state of the House right now. I know, and we don't need to go into the details with the investigation on George Santos, the vote to possibly expel him, but it is narrowing between him and the rumor that Kevin McCarthy may step out of his seat before the end of the year or by the end of the year as well because of just uh, what he's going through after being booted out of the speakership, that we're dropping in numbers pretty dramatically on the House representative side for the Republican majority, and that makes it even more difficult to pass a bill when a lot of times the Republican caucus doesn't unify on issues. And now we have your bill that's going up there. We have uh, appropriation bills that are coming up. We have the impeachment investigation on the on the Biden administration. There's a lot of major things that are happening pretty quickly Uh, Do we have unification within the party right now? Because it seems like we're going to have a bigger challenge to even get anything done.
2: Very thin margins, uh, as we know. You know, the Senate 50-50 or 51-49, the House, 435 members, it's between a three and a five vote margin, Mm. you know, give or take. Republicans have to stick together. You know, we're the last line of defense, as I see it, uh, for absolute craziness. Um, to to come out and, uh, and and for the administration to run, run ramshot over this country, uh, we got to sit together. We got to continue to uh, put our shoulder pads on him on every day as we uh, fight like mad to preserve our country as we get to the next election here.
0: Yeah, amen to that. I know that the uh, the, the announcement came over the last week or so about the extension of the farm bill uh, over the next year to give you guys more time to work on that. But uh, is that conversation still ongoing? And are we optimistic we could actually have a decent farm bill by next year?
2: Um, Yes and yes, you know, I've been advocating I went to the floor last week, gave a floor speech on the importance of a five year farm bill. You know, the farm bill, yes, it got extended for a year. Yes, that provides a little bit of certainty, but we uh need to keep the pedal to the metal to get a five year farm bill passed in place to provide certainty for ag producers all over Kansas, all over the country.
0: Yeah that. Last question for you on this as well is uh, the, the continuing resolution. We had the spending up until January, February-ish. The last I heard you guys had about eight appropriations out of the 12s that were about wrapped up and obviously a big battle when they go over to the Senate as well. But uh, what's the update on, on the budget right now? And are we moving closer to actually seeing a full federal budget being completed this year?
2: Uh, we're moving closer than we've ever been. We still have a long ways to go. I voted against the continuing resolution. I mean, look, we can't keep kicking the can down the field. Uh,
1: uh, we, we're $33.5
2: trillion, with a T, trillion dollars in debt. <laughs> Reminder, everybody that's $33,500 billion. Yeah. Um, we cannot continue to spend money like this. At the very least, we should return to pre pandemic spending levels uh, as we begin to get our fiscal house in order. So, you know, we're having, um, we're doing a deeper dive to the Corporations Committee than had than been done for a long, long time, maybe the last couple of decades, as we really look into deep into these agencies' budget on the House side. Um, that work has not happened in the Senate, though, and we still have a long ways to go.
0: There it is, us, Congressman Tracy Mann from the 1st District of Kansas. A lot of Kansas interviews today. Interesting stuff. We'll break some of that down when we come back right around the corner. It's a Monday here on The Voice Reason. Lots more to get to Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
2: Fighting for freedom every day.
0: The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Thanks for hanging out. Last couple of minutes here on the show, boy. right on by now. I know. I know. I had two congressmen on back to back from the state of Kansas where I come from. Obviously, that's where I'm based out of with our flagship station. We have a lot of listeners outside of the state of Kansas, even radio stations that are outside of the state of Kansas. will be on our purview. Totally understand that. But great information. And man, what great contacts we have. We love them to death. I mean, Congressman Ron Estes from the fourth district. First part of the show, part of the Ways and Means Committee. Part of that conversation when it comes to the budget. So that's pretty awesome. Congressman Tracy Mann promoting up his uh, bill, the Rifle Act against the ATF, pushing back a little bit against the weaponization of Washington, D.C. and all the bureaucratic states. Pretty amazing there. So we thank both of them for what they're doing. The hard fights. We will get some more elected officials. If you did not get a chance to check out our syndicated show over the weekend, highly recommend that you do so because we got to talk to a state senator out of the state of Washington Obviously, with our big uh, uh, radio stations up in the Seattle and Tacoma, Washington areas, uh, we got to talk to one of your state senators and great in, in, uh, individual. Now, here's the thing: she was a Democrat, so that would brought on a. Definitely unique conversation that we had, but she was a wonderful lady. Her new book, and talked about local activism, regardless of what side of the aisle that you're on. It was a great conversation to have about how to get involved locally, how to be that game changer, how to be part of that community, how to change your community for the better and fight for what you believe in to represent your community in the best way possible. So a fascinating conversation. Uh, Karen uh, Karen Kaiser was her name. Senator from the state of Washington. So she was on our syndicated program over the weekend. We will get her back on at some point maybe as well during the weekday show. So we're trying to bounce around. We also have Congressman Bob Latta next week, I believe, I want to say. Or maybe it's later this week. I can't remember. That will be on talking from the state of Ohio as well. So uh, we're bouncing around. We're making more contacts and really happy to have all these elected officials on. U.S. Senator James Lankford also will be joining us from the state of Oklahoma here in the next few weeks so a lot of stuff working in dc because as i mentioned i am more excited i think about what's going on in washington right now than i have seen in a very long time andy what do you mean by that well i mean by that is like congressman estes said is that right now we have the leverage we and we always had the leverage but now we're starting to recognize that leverage you ever you ever go through like a like a religious or a spiritual experience in your life when you realize that you actually have that individual power. What am I doing? Why am I waiting on other people to do something for me? I'm just going to go ahead and do it myself. Whatever religious experience that you've had like that and that uh, God speaks through you or that you have all of a sudden this, this warmness inside and this light bulb moment pops on and, aha! Uh-huh, I can fix the issue all by myself. Republicans, I think, are finally starting to get that, and it took leadership to remind us that we had that. And I think Mike Johnson, uh, regardless of whatever you believe, uh, whether he's doing his job, not doing it good enough, doing it fast enough, whatever you believe, that I think he has brought that back among some Republicans because we've always had the power to hold our leverage. And now we're finally starting to wake up and be smart enough to recognize on how to use that leverage and that power to play the games in Washington, D.C., that they don't like us to play, that they usually play against us, and that we're starting to realize that we can play against them. It's sad, it's dirty, but that's the way that politics works, and that's what we have to do. So, yes, Democrats, if you want funding for Ukraine, then you have to pass HR2 to shut down the border. Democrats, if you want Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid to continue, then you have to pass our appropriation bills that are going to have some cuts in them because the appropriation bills do not cut funding for the mandatory category of spending, which is all of these social media programs. So, uh, yeah, if you want your projects to be funded, you better do our budget, and our budget is going to constitute a little bit of a cut to your program, but it's not as much as what it's going to be like if you don't pass our appropriations bills. Because the way Mike Johnson, thankfully, and the Republicans did in the House, put these appropriations on the table is if we don't pass the appropriations by the time this continuing resolution ends in January and in February, then they'll still keep rolling. The government will not shut down, but we will see some drastic cuts in these programs, and I'm kind of okay with that. We're not going to allow them to hold that government shutdown button dangling over our head. That fear of, well, if you don't pass this and do it our way, then we're going to shut down. We're going to cut all the Social Security for everybody and people will die in the streets. That's what they tell us. And we're not going to play that game anymore. We're not playing your game anymore. This is our court now. This is our ball game now, and I'm telling you, Republicans, if you start using that leverage and you start flexing your muscles just a little bit, the Republican voters will respond. We will respect you, we will get some courage again, we will have some faith in you again, and we will vote you in for the presidency, the House, and even the Senate, which we're optimistic about taking in the 2024 election if we play our cards right don't cower don't waver don't try and just run away and be scared of your own shadow it's time for us to take the bull by the horns and dominate baby i am excited i am optimistic and maybe for the first time in a long time we can actually see something happen with republicans taking control of the conversation what do you say to that welcome into it let's do it again tomorrow for a tuesday until then be your own voice of reason this is the voice reason i'm andy hoosier we'll see you on the radio